Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. And what's up? We're back on MBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with my good buddy, John Simmons. John Simmons uh, went to uh, Delta State with me. We played football together down there. And now John is the head strength coach of the Marion School District out in Arkansas. Say what's up, bud. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Man, give me um, the, the kind of purpose of today's podcast is to talk about like strength development, athletic development uh, in youth. So I figured a fun thing to do is say, like, what's the dumbest thing you did when it comes to, like your own weightlifting strength development in high school? Oh, man, in high school? You mean, like, what I did myself or what the coaches had us do? Either or. Like, just like, what's the dumbest thing you would call, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that? So, the the dumbest thing the coaches had us do, I remember this vividly because, you know, everybody has this story. They're our age, right? So, we did um, RDLs standing on top of a plow box. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, right? But it's the the metal and the wooden plow boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did, you know, stiff leg, RDLs, so that the bar goes past your toes, back is rounded like crazy, think whatever. Of, think of, co- of course, high school kids' hamstrings are so mobile. <laughs> and, and then, like, as soon as you finish the set, then you had to walk over to the tall skin donor Plow boxes, you know, the ones where you miss and you scrape your shins from yeah. your ankle all the way up to your knees. And it was like, so your legs were already taxed from hyper, you know, flexibility with the barbell. And then all of a sudden now it's like, jump as high as you can. She did and if, RDL superset with box jumps. Right, exactly. And it, of course the boxes were higher than they should have been. And yeah, it was, yeah. oh, come on now, you can get up there. Like, okay, <laughs> here we go. And um, man, the probably the craziest thing I did, well, so, for me in eighth grade, um, <laughs> we had city league football, right? And there was a weight limit to play. Not just to carry the football like most places now, but yeah. just to play. Yeah. And, you know, it was 138 pounds my sixth and seventh grade year. So, you're all every kid in our league... Had to weigh under 138. Under 138. And you're talking about... Uh, so, I'm from Northwest Florida, the Panhandle. So, you're talking about we played a lot of teams from like... Milton, Gulf Breeze, Pensacola, all those places. And, you know, I struggled. Like, I had to lose all this weight. And I would put on uh, a sweatshirt and sweatpants under my pads. Yeah. Put myself on a 1,000-calorie-a-day diet. Like, I don't know. My my parents, you know, I guess I always ate so much food that when I wasn't eating food, (laughs) I was saving money. So Thank God. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) I mean, I lost, like, 20 pounds both years. So the way that like before season starts or before like practice starts? Each game. Oh, each game they weighed you? Each game they weighed you. Oh, wow. And if you didn't make weight, you had till halftime. So there was like... So you could play until halftime? So you couldn't play until halftime. Oh, you had to... You had to oh, weigh back in. So... <laughs> so you could lose your weight and come back at halftime? And yeah, yeah. So literally there'd be game film of me and our tight end jogging around the field as you see everybody else playing because we're just trying to make weight. Oh, man. And of course I had teammates that had their entire pads, cleats, helmet under their, you know, arm and weighing in and they make weight. Yeah. yeah. And then me, I'm standing with nothing. You couldn't, you couldn't go up like to the next... 
uh, age bracket? I, I was playing up. Oh. <laughs> that was the 7th and 8th grade bracket. I had to play that at 6th and 7th grade. Oh, man. So 8th grade, they said, hey, John, you know, we're um, – we're, we're, we, we know everybody's having this problem, so we're going to get the, the weight limit bumped up to 175. Awesome. Next season, came in at 195 because I knew <laughs> I could lose 20 pounds, right? And I was like, I got this in the bag. They're like, well, John, the weight limit did go up. It's like, okay, what is it? 142. I said. Oh, about four pounds. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> 50 pounds over. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, hindsight, I wish I would have I would have um, at least practiced yeah. And still, you know, but I was so mad that year. Like, I'm too big to play football, really? Right, right, right. You know, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, too, play, too big to play the sport for big guys. For big guys, <laughs> right, exactly. So what I did was is uh, I stayed at home, and I ate like crazy, and I trained like crazy. But <laughs> So my parents, we had like a just regular Sears barbell set. It was like a, yeah. a 45, a 35, 25, you know, yeah, yeah. on both sides, a regular bar, but I would try to do power cleans in the garage. And of course it's still weights. Right. So I put like, we had a boat. So I put like the, um, the, the tubes that you get pulled on and stuff. Like I put that down so I wouldn't break <laughs> the concrete, not knowing what I'm doing, but I've seen it on TV or yeah, seen yeah. kids do it in high school. And I was like, I'm going to do power cleans. No idea what it was. I'm doing reverse curls and trying not to drop it on the concrete. So, so when did that, cause uh, I mean, I remember in college, you had really good technique. Cause right. I believe like your high school used an Olympic kind of style or at least used Olympic weights. Well, that's, that's movements. Right. So in Florida, we have a varsity sport called weightlifting guys and girls. Um, it's, it's changed a little bit the time of year, but for the guys, so I would play football and then I go to soccer in the winter. Um, I did that for two years. And then in the spring, we had weightlifting team and track. So big guy threw the shot put, through the discus, and we do. Um, we had our weightlifting team. So our, our meets were on Mondays, and track meets were on Thursday, Friday, whatever. And the two lifts was pause bench and clean and jerk. Hmm, okay. So it was like a mixture of powerlifting yeah. and weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it was a, I mean, we had uh, district meets. We had, you know, state meets and, it got a little bit more, it's a little bit more evolved now, yeah. but yes, I was exposed to the Olympic lifts as early as 12, 13, 14 years old. Wow. That's awesome. What does, uh, Tennessee doesn't have. Neither does Arkansas. They don't. Okay. I know Memphis or uh, Mississippi does. So you have Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, all have powerlifting. And then Florida has weightlifting. Still same movement. Still so same the, movement. The pause bench and the clean jerk. Exactly. And I would argue that. Arkansas and Tennessee are behind in football. And I don't know if it's directly related to that, but for me, there is a direct correlation with we want our guys to get strong and compete against each other. Yeah. And it relates to the field. Like that was the one thing that I tell, I'm actually in the process of starting a powerlifting team at Marion. Yeah. Um, just because in Arkansas powerlifting, there are some powerlifting. It's more like the Northwest. But um, trying to contact schools on the east side of Arkansas just to get us to um, compete against each other. Yeah, almost get like a club going. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we talked about even um, at my previous position uh, starting something like getting some Memphis schools together. Yeah. And, and we're right across the river. So, I mean, you know, uh, because for me, it was awesome because on Monday, I'm going to come in. I'm going to outlift you. Yeah, yeah. And then on Thursday or Friday, I'm going to outthrow you. Yeah. And then after the summer, when I bust my butt in the weight room and running on the field, then I'm going to push you around in the fall. Yeah. 
and it was just that extra opportunity to compete and like and the development from it is going to carry over to the other sports you do exactly and it was great for me because i got exposed to you know in the panhandle we had some you know a lot of kids get recruited out of there and you know it's like oh he's a florida commit or oh he's a george commit I see why now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only is he six three, you know, three ten, but he can also bench over four hundred, pause bench over four hundred pounds, yeah. and clean a jerk over three thirty five in high school. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, if I if I want to aspire to college athletics, then I at least know what my benchmarks yeah. should roughly be. That was my mindset, anyways. Yeah. Did um, who who is your coach, like? Did, was it on? I mean, obviously, you had a coach for the for the for the sport. Did well, y'all for was, the weightlifting for weightlifting? Well, it was our it was our football coach. Okay, so yeah, same. Okay, yeah, it was pretty much so. My offensive line coach, he was our head coach um, when I first got there, and he was a huge influence of me. I mean, I remember us sitting in his office, not just me and him, but the offensive linemen. We'd watch videos of Gail Hatch and Matt Bruce oh. <laughs> back, you know, back then um, lifting. And we, he would show us videos of the old Soviet lifters, um, you know, Taranenko, Bulgarian. But um, when I when I was at LSU, I watched Matt Bruce <laughs> do like a like a drop snatch, yeah, with three fifteen. Uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh, like that just blew my mind. Yeah, he actually <laughs> spoke at. Um, it was my first time actually getting to meet him, um, but he spoke at the uh, National High School Strength. Con- Conditioning Associations, um, Southwest Clinic down in Dallas mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And, you know, talk. he was talking about the hatch system and him growing up in it. And it's all, you know, native Baton Rouge kids. They don't pull from yep. whatever and just talking about that and he how passionate he was about it. And, you know, just knowing about Coach Moffitt and working with Coach Jackson out at uh, Utah State when he was at Ole Miss. And yep. Talking to all those guys that were down there at LSU and, and went and, visited coach hatch and just how much you know they were into it but so we didn't have like a true weightlifting coach it was on our varsity coaches yeah to kind of help us and and you know that was just part of like their side supplement yeah, they did yeah. football but it was like hey we'll give you a side stipend for weightlifting and yeah. for track or whatever yeah. so, so all right it was good so okay here's a good question um so for a while i think there's been two schools of thought but there's been um, groups of coaches who have kind of preferred the Olympic lifts mm-hmm. um, for their power development, for the athleticism. And then there's been groups of coaches that uh, have, have chosen not to use Olympic lifts because of the, the, the technique requirements to do them correctly. Right. In high school, did, did you see more guys and girls – um, with good technique, or did a lot of people struggle? Is like, was it up to your coach? Like, what are your kind of thoughts on on all that? So, as far as the technique is concerned, same applies to college, yeah, as it does to high school. Yeah, your better athletes pick it up quicker, mm-hmm. like just just efficiently neuromuscularly. Like they just pick up movements. That's why they're your better athletes. Yeah. they can move better. Um, so, man, so I had weightlifting background, right? I've been doing it for a long time, yeah. and and when we got to college, you know, you saw, like, of course, the Mississippi guys, they couldn't do it because they've been powerlifting. Right. Right? They've been squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. And lim- is not limited range of motion, but just enough to get the lift. Yeah. You know? And um, 
So therefore they couldn't get into a great front squat or yeah. a rack position or it just wasn't fluid or anything like that. Yeah. So when I first started coaching, I was completely biased. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, Olympic lifts, that's the way to go. And I still believe there is so much merit to the Olympic lifts. But from years of coaching, talking to other coaches and being around it, that's my background. Yeah. And I feel I have my USA weightlifting certification. Um, I've, I've coached athletes to be weightlifters and, and to meets and stuff. So I feel extremely comfortable 1000% in coaching it and getting my athletes and teaching them and knowing, Hey, they're messing up here. I know how to correct that. in this process, a lot of coaches don't right coach what you know how to do. Yeah. Do I think that they're absolutely necessary hundred percent of the time? No, it's an ebb and flow. Like yeah. certain times of the year, we're going to focus more on them. Sometimes a year we're going to back off a little bit or some sports might necessarily not need them. Like right now, my basketball teams, guys and girls, we don't do power cleans. We'll do clean pulls. Yeah. Um, just because right now, maturity-wise, you know, I need to start working with those 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, the junior high teams more. Um, but I think we can get there. Yeah. You know, um, baseball, it's a sport that I've done it in the past. I don't do it right now. Yeah. Um, the, the kids that I have are more specialized in baseball. So uh, they're not as many multi-sport athletes. So right. it, it wouldn't carry over as much. Um but man, I'm telling you, if you know how to coach it, coach it. If you don't and you think it's beneficial, learn. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, and I know there's been teams that won national championships in, in the high collegiate level, you know, teams that have been extremely successful in high school and professional teams, they don't do it as often um, unless the athlete wants to know how to do it. Yeah. So like it can be very successful if you know how to coach it. If you don't, don't. Yeah. I got to have a saying that just sometimes that Olympic lifting is awesome, but not everyone's awesome enough to Olympic lift, yeah, <laughs> you know? No doubt. And um, it's kind of like looking at it from the timeline, like, okay, how long do I have to, how long do I have to teach this person right. how to do this? You know, and what's, what's, what's going to be necessary to get them from where they are now to being like um, uh, efficient at the movement. And right. if it's like, especially kind of uh, being in the private sector, you know, it's just like, hey, you got six months, or you're, and that's six months would be awesome. That would be like great. <laughs> one month. He was like, well, you know, if, we're, if we don't got one month together, I'm not going to spend a ton of time teaching technique. I get six years. Yeah, but you get six Seventh years. Seventh grade like, to 12th grade. That's rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was like when I was at LSU, and which is a very Olympic lifting kind of like um, base program. Like we've yeah. doing, we did tons of snatches, we did all the Olympic lifts, and, um, you kind of take for granted the fact that you're like, it's like, how'd you coach him? It's like, just, I just did it and said, mimic me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I just picked it up. You know, it wasn't right. like it was like difficult to coach. Why? Because they're the best athletes on the planet. You're talking about LSU here. You're right, right. Top five recruiting class every single year in the country. Right. They came back to Memphis and like tried to implement a lot of that same stuff and just got so frustrated. Like, why are you so bad at this? But it's like, well, I just won they were not the same level athlete and I hadn't had to be able to coach it to right. that same extent. You know, right. you tell a kid to do it or, Hey, watch what I'm doing. And they pick it up just like, Hey, watch this film. They pick it up and they do it in practice. Yeah. You, you tell a kid in high school or, or whatever, they're like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> I, I, I have a hard time, you know, keeping my feet flat when I yeah. squat, let alone <laughs> yeah, yeah. keeping this bar close to my body or whatever. Yeah. I'm trying to just, Coordinating one joint action is hard enough. Yeah. Coordinating, you know, joint movement, all the joints 
in a short time frame at like maximum force less is like than a second yeah impossible <laughs> um so what's interesting about uh your position in marion which i think is really cool is i mean they they hired you um with kind of the purpose of kind of overseeing all athletic development for right. their entire school district now the school district uh, is a, a high school, a middle school, and an elementary school. Is that correct? So it's three K through six magnet schools. Okay. One uh, seventh through ninth grade junior high, and then one senior high, 10th through 12th grade. Gotcha. So uh, it's a very small district within, you know, the mindset. Typically, you think of a school district, it's multiple schools. Right, right. It's our school, but we cover, because we're in the Arkansas Delta, we cover a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you do much with the K through six? No, that's that's something I hope to do kind of okay. in the future. Just because gotcha. that's where my kids go to school. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the magnets, so I'd love to kind of go out there and just work with the PE teachers on, yeah. you know, adolescent just movement and and all those things, and just try to give them different ideas to yeah to keep it fun and exciting. Because that's the biggest thing at that age is, you know, you, you can get very complicated when it doesn't just let it them play. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have enjoyment for the process. Exactly, and, and exactly. like like going to the weight room just for versus the feeling like work. No doubt. Um, but yeah, so, so you're in charge of kind of like the development of these athletes, uh, across all sports mm-hmm. and across all, uh, years, right. Starting in seventh grade, all the way up through, through, through seniors, mm-hmm. which is really different than at least what most schools do around here. Right. Uh, cause what most schools do around here is, um, like each sports coach is responsible for like the development of that athlete in that sport. Right. Um, and so what you end up having, like a big issue I see is like real bad, like, um, I don't know if the word is segmentalization, but where the, the baseball coach, once that athlete developed as a baseball player year round. Right. And the soccer coach is trying to make the soccer players better soccer players. But no one's really kind of having a big picture view and saying, like, how do we make these kids the best athletes possible? Right. Um, and uh, you have sports coaches whose um, expertise is in, like, the techniques and tactics of that sport and the drills and skills for that sport. Right. But, like, no real kind of understanding of, like, the general physical preparedness necessary to actually make kids – better athletes right in turn making them better individual sport athletes so um like what was kind of mindset like how did that all come about and and um and kind of what's been the what's what's the process been like in that unique situation so i got hired on as the uh, director of strength conditioning for the district which we're a public school district mm-hmm my superintendent is a rock star, right? Like he had the foresight. I might be one of no more than five. There's no possible way. Uh, coaches in the state that is hired on as just a strength conditioning coach. I don't teach. Yeah. I have, we have our athletic periods during the day. So junior high is one through first period, fourth period, fifth period. And, um, then all of our C high school is at ninth uh, or seventh period on. Yeah. So I'm able to work with multiple junior high teams throughout the day. I don't, you know, I am strictly a strength conditioning coach and a coordinator of all sports. It's 800 athletes. Yeah. You know, when you talk about cheerleading and tennis and golf and 
football, basketball, because we have multiple, like we have two guys and girls, seventh grade basketball teams, two football teams, you yeah. know, at that age, because we have so many kids yeah. coming in at that early age. And um, so it's been a challenge. Well, in, I got hired on last year in February. <laughs> yeah. A month later, we're in lockdown. Yeah. You know, I moved my family up over in Arkansas from Mississippi in May. Yeah. You know, and then and then we I get kids. It's my first day on the job, you know, June 1st or whatever it was. And I have kids that have been doing nothing for three months. Yeah. As everybody did. But then I'm brand new. They yeah, like, yeah. had seen me around, but I haven't actually been coaching. Yeah. So that was a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it's great for me. My last coaching position, um, I got to do a lot of great stuff. I was still the strength conditioning coach for every sport, yeah. But I also coached football and middle school and high school track. So I was being pulled, yeah, you know, in different directions because I was coaching football and track, and which which really sucked because on my mind, you know, first I got hired on as the strength coach, but I was able to help in these different avenues, yeah. And I really wanted to do it because those, those are passions of mine as well, obviously, yeah. and. Now they made it very apparent. They're like, you, you have 800 kids yeah, focus on. that you have to focus <laughs> on. And you're having to, I'm having to coach up these coaches because we have four weight rooms on campus right now. One that we got built last year, which is amazing. $300,000 facility. Well, not including the turf. So if you had the turf, it's like $365,000 yeah. to do the weight room and the turf and all the equipment um, that I could get my hands on and that he wouldn't let me get. And that's just one weight room. Yeah. You know, so we have three <laughs> other weight rooms now currently. And in the future, softball is getting their own indoor facility, which will have their own little weight room, which would be nice because they don't have to worry about anybody else um, using space. And then uh, hopefully in the future, uh, we're going to build a multiplex uh, facility right next to our junior high that's going to have multiple courts. Yeah. Because it's tough with four weight rooms, but we also have limited court space. Yeah. And you're talking about all these basketball and volleyball teams you know, it gets to be a headache. So that's incredible. Y'all have four weight rooms. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, they're top notch, really nice weight rooms. They're not the, 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 the big one. I've the seen. big one, the yeah, big yeah, one yeah. I would rival yeah. against everybody except for maybe Fayetteville or sorry, Arkansas, um, university of Arkansas. Yeah. UCA maybe and Arkansas state. Yeah. There's a couple high schools in Arkansas that have really, really nice weight rooms and facilities. Yeah. But as far as everything that we have, because I got to order everything I wanted, yeah. like literally everything I wanted, um, it, I, I'd put it up against anybody's facility. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, I look at your Instagram, like, golly, that's a <laughs> sick weight room, man. Like way better than like, Every weight room I've been in, in for high schools. <clears throat> well, exactly. And it was one of those things where, you know, it was kind of funny that um, Dr. Finner, he's our superintendent. Uh, I saw the budget when it came in and he was like, okay, you know, we hired you on. It's perfect timing. Like, let's, uh, we went through Williams strength and total sp uh, speed and strength. And they're like, here's what we got. Use your expertise. What do you need? And I was like looking at it. I was like, well, you got. One set of dumbbells from five to hundred. One set. Yeah, yeah. For a whole football team or just anybody. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, the, the thing is we have 16 platforms, double-sided rack and halves. And I was like, I could train so many kids in here. But if I wanted to use dumbbells, there's no shot. Yeah. Right? So I have, I got four sets, five through 100, two sets through 20, 125, and one set through 150. 
And that's just that. And then we got four sets of kettlebells, 10 to 100. Anyways, whatever. We added, I added like over hundred dollars to $110,000, and he didn't blink. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's a dream because that means I know that he's invested and our kids are going to have no excuses. Yeah. You know, the old hashtag, no excuses. Well, we literally have no excuses. Okay, so um, that's super rare. And that, you, and that you have like a super tent, someone at the at the top that's like that's bought into the idea of like um of the big picture athletic development. What what do you feel like is the is the big roadblock that's kind of keeping most high schools from from hiring on like an actual strength coach or like athletic development coach investing in this? Because I kind of make the joke that it's that the uh, the strength coach is always like whoever played in college last, right. you know, and you just do whatever you did in college. Hey, do you like the weight room? Yeah, you're hired. Yeah, okay. it's like, it's like, hey, you're like 22, 24, you know, like you're kind of a big guy who likes to weight, lift weights. You want to be a strength coach? Like, yeah, sure. Sure. Why is that? I mean, why, why, in every other area, like in, in, in high school, we see these, they see this necessity. Why has the buy in been, why, why don't we not see the buy in for like big picture strength and development? Because schools aren't schools aren't mandated by the state to have athletic programs at a certain level. Yeah. But you're expected to have your test scores at a certain level. Yeah. That's the driving factor. Well, that's where the funding goes. And then, but like you know, full circle, um, his daughter played softball at Ole Miss. Yeah. When I was there coaching. Oh, okay. So that was a tie-in. Yeah. Um, our football coach at the time, he was at. You know, so I had tie-ins there, but he is one of his sons I've, I've trained. He's a, a pitcher in the Orioles organization. Like, so as a father, yeah, he's had multiple kids, and he's got two other older boys, too, that were very um, high into athletics in high school, college, and professional. So he knows the benefit of it. Okay. I I understand that, especially, like, in, in somewhere like Memphis. Right. Where, like, you know, there's a number of resources, school budgets, you know, and I can hire strength coaches. But even at like private schools, I mean I like in 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 the Memphis area, most of like the big bigger, more expensive private schools don't have a full time strength coach who focuses solely on like the development from seventh grade to eighth grade. A lot of them have a a coach who also used to, used to be uh, playing college and is into weightlifting, and maybe they've got a CSCS. Um, but I, in multiple cases, I was saying where it's just like it's a guy who's not even a, a full time person there. It's like a, they're not they're not full time um, employee. They just kind of do it on the side. Well, the private schools are different. Yeah, because the private schools do have that. Some some of them do. But I was going to say, like, what what I mean by that is, like, I've seen in the private schools where, where some of them have a guy who's assigned that role. Okay. But it's, it's not really what they're it's, right. exp- experts at. Like, they're, right, they're assigned right. the role. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, they, they've, they've got someone they say, this is our strength coach. Right. But the, they're not experts at it. Well, there are other things and that versus what you are is just that. Right. Well, I think we're still, I mean, 
in the world of strength and conditioning, the profession is still very young. I mean, it's been around for a while, but, you know, positions like mine haven't been around for very long. Right. You know, a public school hiring a strength certified strength conditioning coach to do just that. Yeah. You know, that takes a lot of a lot of forethought and a lot of like, you know, because there, there might be a lot of people on that school board or within the district that are like, why are we investing in this? Right, exactly. Yeah. You're so invested in athletics. Well, it's not just investing in athletics. It's investing in those kids. Yeah. It's just done in an athletic way. So I think a lot of schools, um, like I said, are, are very focused on the academic side because that's where the schools are graded. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, with the position, we bring a lot more than just teaching athletes how to lift weights. Well, I mean, like, I joke is like, you know what? Like, our country isn't really, like, suffering from a lack of, like, understanding of calculus at the current moment. But, like, most people do a pretty bad job of, like, uh, health management and financial Mm -hmm. management. So, it's like, if we're going to look, if high school is supposed to, like, prepare kids for life, it's like, two areas we're definitely not excelling in. Right, exactly. Personal finance and personal health. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's one of the biggest things. And You know, I said this, um, or I say this to anybody I really talk to about my job is that, you know, I am training athletes to be uh, bigger, faster, stronger, to increase their performance so that they can perform at a higher level. And we're also trying to train the bodies to be more durable for less likely of injury, or if they have an injury, they come back quicker. Yeah. You know, those things, but but that's just part of it. Like for me, what I do is I try to instill this this training or 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 fitness lifestyle. Like, hey guys, we're gonna train for six years. Or yeah. if you start late, two, three, whatever. Yeah. But just because you're not playing, because what five percent of high school athletes in football going to play college. Um, I think one percent of those then go to playing the pros, right? Exactly. So you're talking about you know not as many kids, but you know you won't be playing whatever sport forever. But you should be taking care of your body. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm not saying you have to do power cleans until you're 50 or 60, (laughs) but you should be doing some form of squat or lunge, some kind of pressing, some kind of back work. You know, like these things are not only to help you perform better at your sport, but eventually perform better at life yeah 100 percent. you know and 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 grow from that because you know i'm 36 and you know i compete in strongman and i'll do highland games for the first time this year but you know i want to be a really jacked and awesome grandpa yeah, yeah yeah. you know hanging out with my kids my grandkids and hopefully i mean you know willing if i'm around that long my great grandkids and and being able to do stuff that you know a lot of people aren't able to do at that age yeah um, obviously my focus will change, but I want to instill that in kids. I want you know, and, and help them that, Hey, you go to college. I still kids hit me up all the time. Coach. Hey, I'm trying to do, uh, you know, just college student, but I've gained a couple pounds this freshman year. Can you help me? You know, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do I need to do? It's like, well, you know, number one, you know what to do. <laughs> drink less, <laughs> drink less, more water, less, less pizza. Meat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but that's the thing. It's not just for sport. It's yeah. for life. Yeah. Well, I think you and I kind of now coming back from the perspective, like we played in, in college, play college football. And when you're in high school and when you're in college and you're like 
She's like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This is, this is everything. And eventually kind of like, we're now like 36. You're like, oh, that was kind of a long time ago. Dude, I was I, thinking about this the other day. I spent more time not playing football than I have playing football. We met each other 17 years ago. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. You know, and I was talking to a friend the other day <laughs> on the phone. I was like, we're coming up on our like 20 year high school reunion. Yeah. I'm like, I don't feel that old, but I mean, dang it, I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but you and I, like, the weight room is so influential. Like, our, our life lessons have come from the weight room. So it's just like, right. you know, like, we realize the impact it's had on us and we're like, want to give that back to other kids and kind of recognize like, Hey, look, yes, this is going to make you better at at the sport, but also let's be realistic. Like your chances of like making a living in this are close to zero. And like the likelihood is you'll, you're only going to be playing this sport at best next eight years. Right. You know? So, but the things we're going to give you today are going to be something you can take for the next 80 years. Carry over. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your, so, all right, you got 800 kids. Yeah. You've got everything from uh, seventh graders all the way up to, so, what's seventh grade? 12-ish? 12, 13? 12, uh, 13. 13. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 13 up to, like, 18. So, like, you know, six, five-year di- difference there. Mm-hmm. You've got everything from guys, uh, girls, really amazing athletes, the guy, kids who just aren't super not genetically, athletes, not, yeah. not, not, not <laughs> genetically gifted, uh, What's your kind of overall philosophy and and de- and developing that wide range of of um, people? So everybody asks me, you know, this is one of those questions. Well, what do you do different for basketball or for football or for soccer or for baseball? And it's like you got to understand a lot of this and the age group I'm dealing with. You know, we're dealing with kids that have no training age. So I'm starting them the, the, the very first thing that they ever learn about lifting a weight, besides maybe dad or, you know, uncle or whatever, um, mom, whoever, uh, is going to be me. Yeah. So I start them from day one. And the biggest thing is, you know, teaching them the safety part aspect of it. But, you know, so we're going to squat. We're going to do some kind of push-up, pressing, some kind of exercise, overhead, horizontal pressing, tons of back work. I've never heard anybody say, oh, his back is too strong. Her <laughs> back is too strong. She's going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like, so we're going to do a lot of posterior chain stuff, um, upper body and lower body. But the big thing is just trying to teach them how to move yeah. and get strong through that range of motion. Um, a lot of it, if you look at my program for this sport or this sport or this sport, a lot of it's the same. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, but why don't you train this sport different than that sport? Number one, they're all 14 years old. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like they've only been doing this for very long. They, they don't need much different. But as they get older and you're looking at varsity sports in high school, you look at the sport demands. Yeah. So you look at basketball and volleyball. What do they do a lot more than a lot of other sports? They jump. Yeah. So we're going to add a lot more jump training. And, you know, for volleyball, there's a lot of shoulder, you know, injuries and stuff. So we're going to do extra back work and, and shoulder work. Baseball and um softball and tennis a lot of rotation yeah you know even quarterbacks you can even break it down to the specific position sometimes um we're going to work a lot more med ball throws and you know some of those aspects and and not so much in in other areas so a lot of it's the same it doesn't especially at that age it doesn't have to be very different yeah you know and and what's really hard for me is i like only I i have four weight rooms yeah. All of varsity sports basically either practice or lift at the same time. Yeah. So the sports that want to work with me, we, we work it out, you know, but some coaches are like, Hey, 
I got this. We're trying to get this done. Can we use this weight room? Yes. Well, we finally got a, um, we finally are invested in Team Builder, mm. which is one of those app programs where I can basically design the program, yeah. give it to the coach. They have the format. It says, here's the exercise. It shows them a video of it, you know, because a lot of my job is teaching the coaches. Yeah, so that they can be an asset to the whole whole program and system. Right, exactly. So it's not like, well, you know, Coach Simmons isn't here, so I guess we're just going to skip it today. Yeah, It's like, no, we still got that work to do just because I'm not there, you know. And and finally being a year into it now and learning the, the ins and outs of not only our school but the weight rooms and working with coaches, it's like, where can I be? When do I need to be a little bit more with this sport yeah. or whatever, so. Yeah, the uh, yeah, one of the I think miss uh, misunderstandings when it comes to like strength and conditioning and sports development, especially at this age, like you're saying, is like it, specialization isn't necessary. It's um, in, in in fact, it's like until you get to like an appreciable level across like all these capacities, right? We don't necessarily need to go in there and like do specific stuff because you still haven't met like the, the basic requirement for like these journal capacities. Right. And if anything, it's like, yeah, I kind of will tell people like a lot of times a, the, um, if you want to see a sports specific program, it's more about what I'm taking out of it. Right. You know, cause it's like, if I know that all day long at soccer, you're going to be running, 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 running. I'm not going to run, 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 run you. Like, it, during the season, right, you're getting all the running you ever need at at soccer. At practice, we're not coming. Games, yeah. You're not coming to me to run more. Right. Like I'm not going to make any better running. What like I'm going to do is help maintain, if not build, right. some of the the strength and power, and and um, and, and working the muscles that are getting, um, they're not getting developed in, in that sport to help prevent you from injury. So what are like what are some of the roadblocks or or like roadblocks? Maybe a harsh word, but what are some of the um, some of the educational like opportunities you've, you've kind of come across where you had to kind of like, you know, sell people on your program. Cause I feel like that's a big thing with us is having to help parents kind of understand the idea of what we do here, why it's important, help coaches understand. I'll give you an example. Like we had a, um, we had a, a potential client who, she was a high school soccer player who had torn her ACL mm-hmm. and mm, maybe it was like 12 weeks post surgery. And we were talking about like getting in, in her, getting her in here and having her kind of start some development stuff. And, he, and the dad was kind of real hesitant. Was like, oh, I just want to make sure she got cleared by her, by her coat, by her doctor before she starts anything. And I was kind of like, it was a mistake for her to never to stop doing things. Right. <laughs> she should have been doing something this entire time. Like yeah. she has a jacked up knee, obviously and we're not going to do anything that places stress upon the ACL, but right. like she still has the rest of the, her body that needs to be, be developed. She still has the requirements of being strong, being in good shape. And with the torn ACL, it's not, she's now going to have to not only rehab the ACL, but rehab all the physical capacities that she has that have diminished from her doing nothing over the last. So it was like, we're having to kind of go through this conversation and kind of like help them understand like, Hey, look, the, do- whether the doctor says she's cleared to do X, Y, Z on the knee 
doesn't matter as much as the fact that like she has to be doing something right. and then will address the need when 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 she's clear to and and she can and that, yeah. that makes sense so what are some of the, the kind of educational uh opportunities or or um misunderstandings that that, that that people had or some of the things you had to kind of like deal with over the last year or or not even at this in in, in, right. in your past well that was one of, you know you, you kind of touched on it right there when I was working at Ole Miss and ca- athletes would come in on recruiting visits, yeah, you know, and you're talking to these kids about what you do in your program and how it's much better than everybody else in the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's really all the same. Yeah. But, um, the one thing that like, we're always going to get work in. Yeah. If you got a sprained ankle, we can still work that hip. We can still work, you know, the knee joint. We can still work the other leg. There's one thing that upsets me more. It's like, or nothing that upsets me more than when an athlete goes to the doctor and the doctor who has no training background and, you know, it, it is, they know, they know what they know, Yeah. you know? And so you can't blame them, you know, but they're like no lower body. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah. That's just that leg. Yeah. Th- that one joint is messed up. Every other joint on that leg right. and the other leg is totally fine. And you also <laughs> can't blame them. Cause like we said earlier, they don't know where these yeah. kids are going. They don't know that I'm there coaching yeah. these kids, you know, and, and, and that's the struggle is, is there is such a disconnect from our medical community, from yeah. the performance community. Oh, yeah. And um, that's nationwide. That's worldwide. That's not, you know, just a high school thing or a collegiate thing. So that's I'd say that's the biggest thing is when an athlete uh, does have an injury, finding ways to work because, you know. Convincing them and their parents that they need to. Exactly. Because if you're not going to get work, like you said, not only is that, you know, injury going to cause that knee or that ankle to, you know, deteriorate the muscle and the instability around it um, as it's healing with the specific injury. But now the rest of their body's diminishing yeah. too. You're weaker. You're in worse shape. <laughs> you know, you have right. less muscle mass. And, and <laughs> the worst part is if that happens like in a preseason. Yeah. And then now they're cleared. So that means we're throwing them back on the field. It's like, well, if you haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah. You're deconditioned. You're 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 still you're not. You're going to get. You're setting yourself for worse injuries. Exactly, because yeah. um, you're going to be compensating for that. So, uh, I would say that's probably the biggest thing is the disconnect from the medical community and the performance community. That's why it's really important. And it was great when I was at you know my last couple of years and the time I was at Ole Miss. Is we did such a great job connecting our sports nutritionists with our sports psych with yeah. our physical therapists with our athletic trainers. With us, the coaches, like we were all in that high performance model of everybody's trying to get on the same page. Yeah, that's why we try to like set up the the communication with Ortho South. Yeah, but if you go and, and it's like it's like it's hard to like look at parent and I be like, I know more than your doctor. You know, like they're like, you're not a doctor, you're a meathead. But to be like, look, I don't know how to fix ACLs. I'm not a surgeon, 100%. But when it comes to, like, movement, development, right. um, training around injuries, like, I can promise you I know more than your doctor because I do it all day, every day, and he's right. never done it ever. And he's had zero experience, education. Like, you go to him to get the, the, the thing fixed. And I don't provide any type of uh, advice on, on the surgical. I'm like, I don't know, like, Go to the doctor who does the surgery. He'll tell you how to fix it. But, like, then that doctor then gives, you know, um, rehab prescription that is actually not 
what's ideal for the for the for the individual and then you're like okay how do i how do i address this like softly you know without them being like this guy just said he knows more than the doctor right right well and 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 so that's one aspect i think the other one um is going to be that we're for me in particular i'm dealing with a lot of junior high high school kids who in the grand scheme of things they don't have a lot of say in what goes on in their life as far as you know so i would say the hardest part is the parents yeah you know when it comes to um you know like everyone's like oh you get to train them year round well i do but you know when we're supposed to be hitting it really hard this preseason and you know, we have a two-week dead period mandated by the state of Arkansas at this. But, oh, we're going to go do this vacation the first two weeks of June. And then we'll be back one week. And then we're going to be off for two weeks because they can't train at our facilities or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, well, that makes it really difficult for me to yeah. do my job and, <laughs> yeah. and help us prepare. And yeah. I think COVID last year really hurt. I know I know we were hurting um, with not having kids there or kids going virtual. and. Yeah. You know, it was it was very sporadic and, and not knowing where so and so today or you know yeah. this, that and the other. Um, I think that's carried on a little bit, and we're kind of like in that post COVID yeah. era where people are still like, oh well, it's not that big a deal if I'm not there because I wasn't there last year. And it's yeah. like, no, that's the yeah, worst like, thing no, you need to be do. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's crazy because. You know, and maybe I know for a fact, this is why you and, and I do what we do, right? Because it meant something more to us. Yeah. But I remember being like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to tell coach that like my parents planned a vacation and I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm terrified. To yeah. Death. So I, um, by the way, <laughs> even if it's like on spring break, you're like, Hey, by the way, like my parents are going to spring break vacation. So I'm not going to be here for spring practice or like, or, or whatever it was going to be. Right. And what I just remember, <laughs> and I just remember feeling like, man, I'm letting the team down. Yeah. Man, these coaches don't like me anymore. And right now, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of kids are like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of parents are like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a as a parent, I, I on one hand, I am kind of like, man, like, I don't want to, like, I want to have my kids, I want to have vacations with my kids. Right. But, but I also understand, like, you need to schedule them, you know. During the off weeks or if, whatever. If there are <laughs> mandated weeks where it's like, you know, and I get, like, <laughs> You know, whether if it's like a family event, 50th wedding anniversary, you know, yeah, if, yeah. if it's something like, you know, something crazy and not even that bad. I mean, I get it. Like they're kids and they need to enjoy it. But I'm like the, the selfish part of me being a coach, you know, yeah, it's well, like because, you know, same thing with my kids. I, they got stuff that they got to do. But yeah, I think like we try one, one of the things we try to get across to people is like this is year round. Right. Now, now I'll tell people, hey, look, look at Kids playing two sports and they're they're doing X Y Z and they get school work like during season if they can get in here one or two days like right. I don't, like they don't need to be here five days and going to practice five days and and be getting overloaded with with homework you know right um, and I'm like if they're playing a sport one or two days in the weight room and it's still doing stuff because I don't want to overload your schedule but but it's year round that's why I try it's, this right. is not some you come to us for for six weeks and then you stop training like that's 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 not the way this works. Right. Uh, Will man, it, it, it would be better to do it at a slightly lower frequency frequency each week, but do it consistently, mm-hmm. and to do it at a really high fr- uh, frequency each week, but only do it 
you know, partially throughout the year. Right. Um, so trying to like help the, 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 the athletes and the parents understand like this is year round. It's not like if you come here and we do an awesome off season training cycle for six weeks and then you don't do anything. Well, in like four weeks you lost it all. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, you got those six weeks. Um, so we get, you know, I get, we get some of the like having, helping kids like, and parents buy into doing it. Right. And then also some of the flip side, which is like, Hey, my, my kid needs to train two hours a day, seven days a week. They're also going to pitching coaching. They're also going to speed coach. They're also going to, and, Oh, and by the way, like I noticed my kid was doing this, 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 this. So in their programming, make sure you put X, Y, Z. And you're like, okay. <laughs> well, you, you touched on it and I was going to say this, but you, you said it actually a couple times right there either early specialization yeah. or my kids practicing and playing for another sport while they're in season for this sport. Yeah. So not only are we got kids that are only playing one sport and I get it. Like baseball was my first love. Like yeah. I love baseball and that's all I played. And then I found football and I was like, okay, I did baseball and football for a little while. And I was like, Oh, I like football a little bit better. And then I got to high school and I tried all these other sports. I get it. If like, if that's your one sport that you love, I get it, but they need the time off yeah. or they need to cross train. And then on the flip side, man, we got some phenomenal athletes where I'm at, but those athletes are being pulled from three different sports and not only within the school, but you're talking their club teams. Yeah. So they're playing a spring sport and they're also traveling on the weekends and playing a club sport and then practicing. So I got one girl in particular, phenomenal athlete. She's going to be a senior this year. She is a volleyball, basketball, and she does track. Yeah. She does track to kind of like cross train and help her. Yeah. But while she's in track, she's got AAU practice for basketball. Yeah. And she's doing club volleyball and going to tournaments. You're like, God, I hope you survive this. Like, <laughs> you are a phenomenal athlete, but if you get burned out, I get it. Yeah. And if you get hurt, I understand why. Yeah. You know, and it struggles and it, and it sucks because right now it's tough, man. When we were growing up, you play baseball during baseball then you go play football during football then you play basketball i wasn't good at basketball but yeah you play whatever and but now it's like well if johnny doesn't play travel ball from sixth grade to or you know six years old to 14 year old he's not going to get on the high school team yeah um and so there's that much Which stress. Is such bullshit because like i was like i want i mean johnny won't make the high school team if he's not good enough but if right. Johnny shows up and is an amazing athlete, <clears throat> now don't get me wrong. I think there are some coaches that that <clears throat> that prioritize their own ego over athletes, and yeah. so they'll hold grudges against athletes. Yeah. But I've been like, look, if you show up and you're strong, fast, coordinated, can throw the ball super fast and accurate, can hit the ball, you know, far, is the coach gonna tell you like? Sorry, you weren't here at spring. I, despite the fact you're one of the top ten best players that could be on this team, you're not going to be on the team because you weren't here. Here, here. you were, you didn't play year round for us, and you decided you also want to go play football in the offseason. I'm like, yeah, they're unfortunately having coached in high school or because I worked in the private sector too. Yeah, um, being around high school athletics for a number of years, unfortunately, there's a lot of coaches out there like that. Yeah, that are like, well, you weren't completely bought into our program. It's like, there's, they're going to produce for you. Yeah. 
you know, you, don't you, hold them back because, you know, or I've heard even coaches say, hey, look, if you want to be on this team, you're going to quit that sport. Yeah. That's such bullshit. That's like, I hate that more than anything. That's, um, um, what it is, is it's treating, it's, it's like trying to treat kids like they're professional athletes. It's trickled out, man. It's like, it's like, and the, the crazy thing is, is like, and guess what? Professional baseball players don't play baseball year round. Right. Like they're not playing fall, spring, summer, and winter ball. They're having off season. You know, where right. they're doing some cross training and they're, they're doing some development. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, the, well, and there's even a couple of coaches out there um, that I follow. We're just talking about professional athletes back to it. Man, some, some professional athletes, you'll see the crazy, man, Derek Henry, some of the crazy <laughs> things he's doing. But here's the thing he's the point zero 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 one percent. It doesn't matter what he's going to do, he's still going to be a freak regardless. Yeah. yeah. And he, he could got, never train, he's still going to be better than most. Right, he could stop people. training now, and I mean, he would, you know, it wouldn't help him probably injury wise. Right, but, right. Like, he's still going to be just so much genetically and motivationally. Like he's an extremely hard worker, yeah. and you can't deny that that he has superior genetics, and he's one of the hardest workers. And superior work ethic. And, you know, I mean, no wonder, right? Yeah. But um, that that's you know, you got people like, oh well, look what he's doing. It's like you ain't him. Yeah, Bro, you well, ate that. <laughs> also, it was like, um, I remember talking to a high school basketball coach who's like, he said that their their high school girls basketball programming was the same as like the nineteen ninety six Bulls or something. And I was like, okay, there's a big difference between a twenty seven year old, twenty eight year old professional male athlete and a fifteen year old female, right? So. Like there's there's aspects of training that can remain the same, but the actual programming is not ideal. It's like I think that's a big mistake too. Is like they look at like professional athletes and go like, well, that's what their training's like. This is what our training's be like. Like no, you're y'all are in two different timelines. Yeah. In order to get there, you need to do the stuff that that you need to do now. Right. Not the stuff that they're doing now. Well, and then there's also a lot of uh, coaches out there in the private sector or professionally that like, hey, look, these guys need to spend their time more perfecting their craft on the field. Yeah. So we are going to just stick to the basics. Yeah. You know, um, Brett Bartholomew is one that I, I know he's spoken about it many times and he'll post about it all the time. He's like, you watch my guys in the offseason. We're not doing anything special. He's like, but we're getting really good at what we do. Yeah. And then they're spending a lot of time in film and, you know, people don't understand that side of it too. It's like, no, we're not just going to do uh, weighted balls or we're not going to do like uh, balance training or stuff like that because they've reached that level to where they don't need as high a stimulus as yeah. some of these kids that are trying to develop yeah. base work. And it's, uh, you know, I'd say that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, they, don't, they don't have as... Professional athletes don't don't have as much room for growth and development. You're just trying to kind of eke out that little bit, but really just kind of keep their performance at that level, right? As as much as you can. Don't mess like, them up. Yeah, don't mess them up. Whereas <laughs> in, in like high school, it's like you have a ton of like your ceiling. You're not even close to your ceiling. We got right. a ton of room for development. We got to work on developing that. Yeah. Well, right on, dude. That is close to the hour, so it's time to wrap it up. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, recommendations out there to either uh, other high school um, strength coaches or high school athletes? 
Yeah, well, number one, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, anytime we get to sit down and, and, and catch up and all that kind of stuff, it's always great. Um, the biggest thing, you know, to high school athletes is put the work in. When we were growing up, it was a different time where everybody showed up or most people showed up and you were praised for working hard. Nowadays, our culture is where we should praise kids for showing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the bare minimum. Yeah. And, 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 it is, and it's showing in other aspects, not just athletics, but it's like we forgot what hard work is. And a lot of that's built in from parents, you know, and, and going through a tough time. And, you know, now they're kind of, oh, I had it rough, so I'm going to take it easier on my kid. Well, now your kids are soft. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say for kids, man, like, you know, the whole the moniker, like, nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you didn't make the team? Nobody cares. Work harder. Make it next year. Or find another sport and work hard and do that. Um, I would say... For coaches out there, especially if they're trying to get into um, the high school realm, uh, the NHSSCA, I have to think about that every time I say it, organization um, developed for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. Um, I got a lot of friends that uh, I knew and I still uh, talk to on a regular basis there in the college setting. Hey, man, if there's a job like yours that opens up, let me know about it. Because, you know, I left college for a number of reasons. It's to spend more time with my family and, and my position now allows me to do that so um if if you're wanting to be a strength conditioning coach and, and especially work at the high school level look up that organization they do a ton a ton a ton a ton of free stuff and 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 reach out to coaches and communities that don't have strength coaches and try to help them so yep awesome very cool all right brother thanks for coming on nbs fitness radio out thank you for listening to nbs fitness radio if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.